to all of our guests here this morning, please feel welcome. You are welcomed, and I hope you feel welcomed. And uh, uh, thank you so very much for being here. You've made our day far richer and warmer with you being here. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, that is Jesus, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons. I'm working on a message about that, hopefully in the next couple of weeks which the Father has put in His own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when He had spoken these things, while they beheld, He was taken up, and a cloud received Him out of their sight. Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven... As he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? Why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken from you into heaven so shall shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Uh, Let's go to Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together in the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried when they laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. Everybody say, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God, And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. I want to preach to you for a little while this morning, and I don't like what I'm titling this message today, but I'm I'm doing it because it's kind of catchy, and I'm hoping you'll kind of remember it. Uh, I'm going to come back to this same subject on a Wednesday night here in a few weeks. But I want to preach to you for a little while this morning from gazer to praiser. From gazer to praiser. And I'm not going to talk a lot about praise. I'm just using this title so it's just kind of catchy. You know, titles are a big deal in our culture, it seems like. So uh, everybody say thank God for the Word. Thank you for standing in your patience. You may be seated. The young folks today had no idea what I was preaching, and I didn't find out till. Uh, I think Thursday or Friday of this week, what they were doing today. 
and uh, their song could not have been more timely. <clears throat> and I'm going to ask you folks not to go real plastic on me today. Let's try to be a little more genuine and act like we believe what we're hearing. Is everybody into that? <clears throat> if you don't really believe it, just act like you do. Just act a little Pentecostal today. That would be pretty cool. Okay. God is calling us today to a certain place of breakthrough. And if we will break through, He will break forth. We will go beyond the omnipresence of God to the manifest presence of God. And there will be some that do and some that don't. I also believe that God gives to everyone equal opportunity. So if you want to break through today to a closer relationship with God, to a more mighty relationship with God, then you can. I believe that Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, is a New Testament replay of the Old Testament law-giving on Mount Sinai. A lot of commentaries will say the same thing. It's a time of law-giving where God reveals more of Himself and pours more of Himself into His people. When this happens, it brings about a massive faith stretch. It causes a divine disturbance in the lives of God's people. And again, some receive it and some do not. So before I get to Acts 2 today, let's take a look at Exodus chapter 19 where the law giving on Mount Sinai is recorded. Listen very carefully to this reading. In Exodus chapter 19 verse 18, And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke... Because the Lord descended upon it in fire. So the mountain was smoking because God descended upon it in fire. That would be pretty spectacular. Okay, you may not think it would be that, but I think it would be pretty cool. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount quaked. Greatly. Y'all get your head around that. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered him by a voice or answered him out loud verbally. That's pretty cool right there. And everybody give me a little plastic Pentecostal hand praise right now, would you? There you go. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the mount, on top of the mount. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through to gaze. Go tell the people, don't come up here to gaze. Everybody say to gaze. For thou charged us, excuse me, and many of them will perish if they come up here to gaze. 
But let the priest also, which come near to the Lord, sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth on them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for thou charged us, saying, Set a boundary about the mount and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priest and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest he break forth on them. So notice that Moses set a boundary, and if any person or beast crossed it, they would perish or be killed. But with God's approval and sanction, man was able to set that boundary. But God said it is possible to cross that boundary through the conduit of more commitment, more dedication, being a little more convinced. So, God wants all of us at a certain level, but with additional sanctification and commitment, we are welcomed to go further. So when it comes to how close you want to be to God, you can set your own distance. The ministry, or man, sets the boundary, but God sets the criteria for going past it. In other words, I believe what we live right now is enough to save us. So typically, we come to the, the, we come to the God-sanctified, man-set boundary and stop. Pastors and ministry and our fellowship have seemingly set a lid on how far you can go in your relationship with God, and we are all content to stop there. But God said, no, man can set a boundary. That's not the ultimate, that's the minimum. i got to hurry. i got a lot of material. I can't stop at everything I want to and elaborate on it. Secondly, you can't really commit to any level of relationship with God until you are convinced or really believe what God has to say. Listen to Pastor. If you're still wallowing around with do I have to do this and do I have to believe that and is this necessary and that necessary, then you'll stay put in your place of confusion and unanswered question until rapture, and I hope you make it. But if you'll get committed and convinced about the promise of God and about your relationship with God, then you're about to embark on a journey of faith stretch and divine disturbance, which includes miracles, signs, wonders, gifts from God, mighty blessing from God. Don't stop where man sets the line. Go past it. Hallelujah. So for all of us to begin this journey, we must, as the young people presented here this morning, we must break through. Everybody say break through. 
we must break through some obstacles and barriers. But before I get to obstacles and barriers, let me explain breakthrough. There are certain animals, there are certain animals who are literally born in a shell. Chickens? I mean, they, excuse me here this morning, but they come out of their mother's womb in a shell. Why are y'all looking at me funny? Have y'all ever seen a chicken egg? I mean, um, turtles are born in a shell. Uh, Alligators are born in a shell, and that's only to name a few. They're born in a shell. But listen to Pastor today. If they want to live, they have to break through the shell. I'm going to just go ahead and be honest. I like fried eggs, but I like fried chicken a whole lot better. And I'm thankful for them little birds when they start pecking on the inside of that shell and it cracks open and they come out squeaking because in a year or two, that's going to be a good piece of chicken at Popeye's just waiting on all of us to go and consume. I'm here to preach to you today. You can stay born in a shell if you want to, but I want to break through. God, I want to break through. Hallelujah! You may be seated. Thank you. Listen, listen. When we're born again, filled up with the Holy Ghost, just like a chicken, we are born again in a shell. And it's called... Human flesh. Our body, our mind, our attitude, our spirit becomes our shell. The thickness of our shell is determined by our differences in what we believe. Differences in our our traditions and differences in our culture. And nobody is better off because of it. God did not intend for His church to exist on this planet in a shell. I mentioned here before, uh, Becky Williams is here today. Her family uh, owns and uh, operates a, I guess, a a franchise of uh, Dale Carnegie. And uh, I was able to go through that course back in the 80s. Best thing outside the Holy Ghost in marriage that's ever happened to me, and being a daddy, that's ever happened to me. By far, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I'll never forget that night. I was in my early 20s. I didn't want to go to the class. I had a job. I didn't like the job. I was called to preach, and I wasn't doing it. And I don't care where I worked. I wasn't happy. It had really not that much to do with the company, even though this company was not a great company to work for at the time. And our boss came in and said, you're, if you're in management, you're all required to go through a Dale Carnegie course. And I said, Dale Carnegie who? And no, I don't want to go through it. I didn't even want any information about it. No, I don't want to do it. That's the way some of us think. No, I don't want to do that. We don't even know anything about it yet. So we were required to go. So I went kicking and screaming. 
And it didn't take me but about two or three of those classes that lasted about two hours a night, three hours a night, to realize that this was a huge God moment in my life. And I think it was around the seventh or eighth session, if I remember right, they had a class and they gave us a book and we had to read a little bit of information before class so we know what the class is about. And the name of that class was Breaking Out of Your Shell. Best thing that ever happened to me. We walked in that night to the class and they had a, a, a folding table, eight-foot folding table up in front of the, where a podium would be. They didn't use podiums. You weren't allowed back then. And uh, they had a table and they had three chairs on, would be the back of the people would be facing you and they had three people who would be sitting there. And you had to get in front of that table. They had a big box of rolled up newspaper long ways. The newspaper was rolled up long ways. So it was about, what, two and a half, three foot long, whatever a newspaper is. And you had to walk up there and convince the people with that newspaper and with that table how passionate you were about what you were saying. It's called breaking out of your shell. And you could pick anything you want, and you had to do it for two minutes, and you were set on a timer. Well, no offense to our ladies here today, but my topic that night was something that just really made me angry, was women drivers. I couldn't think of nothing else. There were other things I could have used, but it just wouldn't have been appropriate, you know, and I just thought of that and whatever. And when I got up there, what you had to do was take that roll of newspaper and smack that tabletop. And say, I'm going to tell all of you what makes me mad. It just, I get so fed up. Pow! When I'm going down the road at 50 miles an hour, pow! And this stupid, ignorant old woman pulls out in front of me, pow! Going 20 miles an hour and I have to slam on the brake, pow! And I blow my horn and y'all getting the point? I had to do that for two minutes. And if you weren't convincing them, those three people sitting there would sit there and badger you. He'd say, you sit down, you big ninny baby. You ain't mad about women drivers. You sit down. You're just a joke. You're going through the motions, whatever. I'll never forget that. And when I walked out of that class, I was a different man that did something to me. It changed me. Listen to pastor. Y'all make fun of me for saying that all the time. But I want you to listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying you're not. I just want you to listen carefully. We have become apostolic introverts. And in our praying, praise, worship, faith, our trust, our confidence in God and the church has been shattered. And our fervency has been extinguished. We all have a little too much Pentecostal plastic in us. Because our shell through the years has become thick and very hard. Again, I'll remind you of my Dale Carnegie course moment, breaking out of your shell. I wonder what would happen at Grace Church if I could get about five or ten people to get you a rolled up newspaper and go over there to that A Center. You can come here in the sanctuary and stand in front of a, uh, a table and start pounding that thing and telling God, I don't like this about myself. I'm tired of just going through the motions. I'm tired of living a life without prayer. I'm tired of living a life without understanding the Bible. I'm tired, God, of living substandard. I'm tired, God. 
God and living in a boundary that a man has set. I'm tired of just going through the motion. I want a move of God. I want an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I want a revival in my family. Come on, somebody. Break out of your shell and see what God will do. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm asking God to help us today. There's so much more of God that we can have relationship with, that we can experience if we could somehow break through our shell. The Scripture says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That worries most of us. Why? I'll tell you why. Because we've become kind of like spiritual hermit crabs. We have become content to live in the shell of our mindset and our understanding and our perspective and the way we think. We continually, I saw it this morning, I saw it this morning, when the young folks was making their presentation about breakthrough. I saw it this morning. There were some folks standing, some seated, some seated, that's okay, but doing the little Pentecostal plastic, and, and, and I, I literally saw people just looking around. It's almost like you're waiting to see what someone else is going to do. And if I don't, you know, if I don't see someone else really breaking through, and, and I, I want to be a little more specific on what I'm talking about breakthrough, I'm not expecting or, or asking anybody to act like a jerk and a fool and just to be stupid. And, and I, I don't expect you to show up with a sledgehammer and start beating the wall down every Sunday. Please don't do that. <laughs> That'd be pretty nice if you'd hold back a little bit. But that is a man-set boundary right there that <laughs> we don't want to cross, right? I don't expect people or look for people to start picking up chairs and throwing them around the room. But it could sometimes, could our face, kind of like Moses when he came down off of Sinai, they put a veil on his face because his face glowed so much. Could we have a moment like that where our face says, I've had a breakthrough. Our face, our face says, I've had a breakthrough. I've, I've had, I had a prayer meeting this week, man, and God turned me upside down in every which way but loose. And I walked out of that session after telling God that I'm tired of hypocrisy and I'm tired of being judgmental and I'm tired of being hardcore and I'm tired of being mean and I'm tired of being gossipy and I'm tired of this lifestyle and that lifestyle. And I had a session with God and I had a breakthrough moment and my shell is starting to crack. Could anybody's face ever say that? The way you clap your hands instead of this little number, can you clap your hands? Let's clap our hands as the psalmist said and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. God, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Oh, my. So we continually look around for what someone else is going to do or not going to do, and it ends, usually ends up with nobody doing nothing. I'd like to sincerely ask you today, who died for you? Them or him? We worship and our whole expression doesn't have anything to do with what everyone else is doing. Our expression of adoration 
and love and appreciation to God is determined by who He is and what He's done for us. Not the people sitting around you. Excuse my vernacular, but who gives a flip what everybody else thinks? When it comes to me and my relationship with God, I want to be loud and proud, buddy. I appreciate what God's done in my life. All right, I, I got to hurry. We got baked chicken waiting. When you're over there eating your baked chicken, you'll be very thankful they broke out of their shell. But we try every day to live out our relationship with God. And it becomes so difficult for some of us to have the faith that we feel like we should have and to expect the fulfillment of God's promises in our life. And it's that way because our shell is really hard and thick. Notice what Jesus said. In John 12, 24, he said, Verily, verily, two verilies. That means, listen, listen. Pay attention, pay attention. I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. The seed goes underground, out of sight, and dies in dark, quiet solitude but its environment is the life giving soil the shell splits open and what is on the inside of that shell comes out and what is on the inside of that shell will eventually bring forth much fruit if it doesn't go into the ground and die it abides alone and this is where a lot of us live there's people here at grace church that are terrified to talk to people about use, being used in the gifts of the spirit why because the person you're wanting to talk to, their shell is so thick, you're terrified you're going to be judged. And people are going, oh, there goes Sister Spiritual, and there goes Brother Spiritual, and all that. Who cares what they think? We should come out of our shell and let God use us the way He has desired to use us. But the beauty of a seed, to encourage all of us here today, including myself, the beauty of a seed is that it can sit on a shelf for weeks and even months. And you can plant it and it'll still sprout. So the age of the seed doesn't all, is not always relevant to what the seed can produce. So if you felt kind of cold and isolated in your relationship with God for the past 40 years, it don't matter. Go ahead and close yourself up with God for a while and see if God won't break open that shell and let some fruitful things start coming out of you. Oh, yes. Clint Brown. Clint Brown wrote a song a number of years ago, and it impacted me the first time I heard it. It's like God speaking to him. God is saying to him, You don't need majestic choirs with awesome voices raised. You don't need a congregation to offer me your praise. You don't need a mighty orchestra to bless me with your song. 
You get all of my attention when you worship me alone. I would to God we could understand that. We have become so dependent on public praise and public worship and public gatherings. You don't understand, brother and sister seed. If you would fall in to Holy Ghost fertile ground, God can break you open and bring stuff out of you that you never knew existed. He did it to me. So I hope and pray that in the coming days and weeks that some will get along with God and let Him break open your shell of barriers and obstacles. This is amazing to me, and I'm trying to hurry. How much time do y'all put on that screen back there, Nathan? Oh, my goodness. I've got seven minutes, and I'm about halfway. Can y'all send Sister Wheeler a text and ask her to continue to break the shellless chicken? This is amazing to me. At the same time that God was, watch this, at the same time that God in Exodus 19, verse 18, in Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it with fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked, man. It was moving. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, and Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice, and the Lord came down on the mount at the top of the mountain. The Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. At, while that was going on, simultaneously, at the exact same time, while all of that was going on, on the top of Mount Sinai, Aaron, who was Moses' assistant pastor, was down at the bottom of the mount building an idol for all the people to worship. How do you do that? The mountain, you can't even keep your footing. And if you're wanting to write something cute on the idol, whatever, it's going to be all wiggly because the ground you're standing on is shaking like a leaf in a winter wind. Anybody get the point? Y'all hearing me? You had two preachers in the church. Both of them were involved in deliverance. They were involved in getting people out of Egypt. They got them across the Red Sea. They're doing all this stuff, and all these miracles happen. Two preachers in the same church, same people. One's up in the mountain hearing from God, and the other one's down at the base of it building an idol. How does that happen? There are folks here today that are doing the same thing. While God is shaking and quaking in your church and in your life causing a divine disturbance, and while your pastor's hearing from God, you're content to live in sin and be worldly and build your own God. Go ahead, do as you please, but eventually God will break forth on you and you'll perish. You cannot do life your way and expect God to bless it. The Bible still teaches against drinking, smoking, cussing, fornication, being immodest, having pride and fear. We are all still accountable to God and to the Word of God and obeying Him and His Word is our number one priority. However, I'll give a little credit to Aaron, just a tad. Egypt, at that moment, wanted Aaron to build them a lot of idol gods. And he said, no, we're one God people, so I'm only going to build you one. (laughs) Hallelujah to Aaron, right? Boy, he did a great job on that one. I'll only build you one. So Aaron decides that I'm going to build an idol And he fashioned them one idol, because they were one God people, right? To look like what he thought Jehovah would look like. Listen, it's creating your own Jesus 
in your image. Sound familiar to anybody? Even if it's only one idol you worship, and no matter how much you think it looks like Jesus, if it's not Jesus being worshipped the way He wants to be worshipped, then you're still worshipping an idol, and you'll still perish. Let's move on. That didn't go over too good. So we'll just move on. Let's talk about obstacles and barriers for a moment. Obstacles and barriers are put there by the flesh. Stuff we think in our head. That's our obstacle and barriers between our ears. That gray matter that matters. They become our flesh-reinforced shell. Obstacles and barriers are what we put there. It's the self-imposed I can't because. It's because of my attitude, my marriage, the kids, the past, the hurt, the disappointments, the fear, the peer pressure, and what will my family think? And what will my friends think? And it's just not in my nature, and it's just because I can't and I can't and I can't. So we go on living in our shell saying I can't draw closer to God because. So we're living life in a shell And it has caused us to become gazers, spectators. We're terrified to participate in what God really wants us to be because we're afraid of what other people might think and what we may have to surrender as a part of our lifestyle. We want to serve God from a distance because if we draw close to God, it reveals our little sins and shortcomings So we give up the finer parts of living for God so we don't have to change too much from being more like us. Most of us are only willing to draw close to God or change when something terrible happens in our life, like losing a loved one or when our marriage falls apart and and when something tragic happens. We will abandon lifestyles and habits, anything and everything, when something tragic happens. Why can't we respond to God like that when the Sinai in our life begins to shake and quake? And when God just wants us to draw us close without using something tragic, when God starts speaking through the man of God, why can't we draw close? Come on, Grace Church, somebody get on board with me. God is calling us up today. He still loves us and wants to draw us closer to Him. He wants us to live leave the idols behind and leave worldliness behind and be more committed and convinced than ever. Moses went up and down Sinai eight times. He went up to hear from God, and then he came down to check out the response of the people. Here's the point. If God breaks through in judgment on gazers, then don't you think he'll break forth on praisers with power and anointing and gifts and signs and wonders and miracles? So what will your response be? Do you want what God has to give or do you want your idol? Do you want your Jesus fashioned in your image? Do you want God to break forth on your idolatry and you perish? Or do you want God to break forth on your praise and faith and commitment and you live victoriously? Okay, here comes my message. Let's go to Acts 1. The angels told the disciples, asked the disciples, Why stand ye here gazing? Again, the day of Pentecost is a New Testament version of Old Testament Mount Sinai. It's a new law-giving, a new way of thinking and living, a new perspective of God. Not God with us, but God in us. And God's timing was perfect. And so also is His timing perfect here today. I believe that there were a number of good folks who were tired of living their relationship with God based on the way the Pharisees and the Sadducees Taught them. Why do you think the day of Pentecost was so successful? 
3,000 receiving the Holy Ghost on the first day. Why do you think that happened? Because people were fed up and tired of the old way. The Sadducees were the religious elites that didn't believe in angels and resurrection, meaning they didn't believe in the spiritual and the eternal. I believe that there are a bunch of people that were saying, you know, I just really don't believe that. I believe there's more of God than that. The Pharisees were just a bunch of hypocrites that said, don't do as I do, just do as I say do. And they were phony and cynical and judgmental. And I believe that there are a bunch of people in that society that said, you know what? I really believe there's more of God. I just don't believe that's a good representation of Jesus. I don't really think that's the way Jesus feels about stuff. And I've been feeling some shaking and quaking going on right here. I do believe in a here and now God, and I believe in a forever after God who is wanting to break forth on us in his power, breaking through our shell. God wants to take us to the next level of faith. I preached that last Sunday. It's going beyond wanting him. We must need him, hunger for him, thirst for him. For him, the angels told the gazers to go to Jerusalem until you've been endued with power from on high. So they went up into an upper room. They went up into an upper room. I don't know how many went, but I know how many stayed. And the Holy Ghost fell on every one of them, all of them, all of them, because they were tired of just gazing from the outside. I believe there were more than 120 that went. But I believe the gazers left. And look what they missed. And they came down to get the response of the people after all that happened. And I just believe among that 3,000 that were filled with the Holy Ghost that day were some ex-church members of the first church of the Sadducee and from the first church of the Pharisee that were fed up with just going to church and just going through the motions and only knowing God by a man-set boundary. They had an insatiable hunger and thirst for more of God. And against the tide of public opinion, they all said, you know what? I'm tired of just gazing. I'm tired of only seeing God from a distance. I want to get closer to Him. And the only way to do that is to cease being a gazer and becoming a fanatical, one God, apostolic, Holy Ghost feel, Jesus name, tongue talking, praiser. You know how fed up and tired they were of all that foolishness with the Sadducees and Pharisees? (laughs) This is amazing. Peter preached to them a little bit. You know what their response was? What must we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of sin, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. And they said, okay. They did. They didn't go check with their mama. They didn't worry about their marriage. They weren't worried about what their kids would think and their friends would think and the people on the job would think. They didn't look at their watch and tell the apostles, I'll get back with you later. Why? Because they were hungry and they were thirsty for something real, for something life-changing, for something that will make a difference, something that came with some impact. Anybody hearing me today? I don't want to be a gazer. I want to praise him. Okay, so here's my sermon. Here's my sermon. 
trying to get to it as fast as I can. Now I'm only four minutes over. That ain't too bad this time. Can't promise you when I'm going to quit, but okay, I'm doing all right. I'm doing better than I thought. After the day of Pentecost, it's interesting to me who the first apostolic convert was, at least that we know, after the day of Pentecost. (laughs) It was a lame, beggarly gazer that was set at Gate Beautiful in front of the temple every day. And his training was to gaze on people when they walked by to look for money people, to look for compassionate people that give him a handout. He was a trained gazer that sit every day at the gate of the temple. He sat at the gate of the most life-changing thing going on on the planet. But he never got past a man-set boundary. I don't care what y'all say. This is good preaching right here, man. This is some pretty good stuff. So you know the story. He was converted that day from being a gazer to a praiser. And I believe this is what God is wanting of us right now. Peter said, duh, look on us. He was. That's what he was trained to do. Look for people with money and compassion. Look on us, brother lame gazer. We're nothing. We're penniless. But if you'll look a little closer, if you'll gaze a little bit deeper on the inside of us, you'll see the image of someone else. See, what made the difference for Peter and John that day is they believed what was on the inside of them. They believed in the power of who was on the inside of them. They had no question. They were convinced. They were going to a prayer meeting, not coming from one. They didn't even have time to pray about this. They were convinced before the prayer meeting, before the tragedy, before the heartbreak, before all the disgusting stuff that happens in people's lives. They were convinced on the day of Pentecost through the simple infilling of the Holy Ghost. God got on the inside of them and burst their little Phariseeistical shell asunder. So look on us. You'll see the image of someone on the inside of us who can heal you right now, who can deliver you right now, who can change your life right now. Stand with me this morning. I'm done. They took him by the hand. And I noticed, I've preached this wrong through the years about the lame man. He didn't run. He just walked, but leaped. He wasn't a track star, buddy. 
That was to kind of keep him in the confines of their ridiculous church culture that they had established. They didn't allow running the aisles back then. So God didn't embarrass him. I'm sorry, did we just change denominations or something? God didn't embarrass the man, he just healed him. That's it. He didn't make a fool out of him. But you know what gave him his miracle? You know what gave him his miracle? He walked, but he didn't care about what people thought about his jumping. Y'all didn't heal me. Y'all didn't make this happen to me. He did. And I'm just jumping, trying to get a little bit closer to him. That's good, Pastor. Can we go eat chicken? I'm real hungry, Pastor. Can you step it up a little bit? You're nine minutes over. We got some chicken. We, we're trying to give you, you know, enough here to make you feel better, but we really got chicken on my. I don't. I want to break through at this church. I want to break through at this church. So, what we're going to do before I have everybody come is we're going to play some nice music and they're going to sing beautiful up here. No question about it. But I'm going to remind you, you don't need that. You don't need majestic choirs with awesome voices raised. And you don't need a congregation to offer me your praise. And you don't need a mighty orchestra to bless me with your song. If somebody will determine in your head right now, I'm going to come up here and act like I believe what God is saying to me and what He wants to do in my life and my marriage. I'm going to act like it. You don't have to make a fool out of yourself. You don't have to embarrass yourself. Just walk up here, but put a little skip in your step because I want to get a little closer to Him because He's the one that's making this happen. And come up here in your mind that I'm going to block everything out and I'm going to tell God, I'm tired of living like I'm living. I'm tired of living in a man-set boundary. I want to go beyond. I want to go. Hallelujah. Y'all know y'all are my heart. Woo! God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Can somebody break out this morning? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anybody else? Anybody else that says, God, I want more and you'll do more if I'll break out of my shell. You want him? You want more of him? You want more of him? Act like it. Come on, ministry team, help me. It's time for somebody to have a Holy Ghost breakthrough this morning. We don't have to be pious and sanctimonious. We can set our pride aside. We can set our tradition aside. And we can cross a threshold today that'll change our faith, that'll change our view of God. Come on, somebody. Sing. 
most beautiful sing sing yes 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 come on somebody somebody have a holy ghost moment right now somebody have a god moment right now in the name of jesus Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That's right. Somebody's having a Holy Ghost moment right now. Somebody's having a God moment right now. Somebody turn loose what you feel. Somebody turn loose what you feel. We were sing. Yes, Lord. Come on, Pentecostals. Break out of your shell. Somebody break out of your shell. Worship God like you really feel it. Worship God like you really feel it. Hallelujah. Everybody worship the Lord. Man, the Holy Ghost has fallen in the house this morning. 
the Holy Ghost has fallen in the house this morning. Is anybody hungry for more? Don't you want more of Him? Don't you want more of Him? somebody go ahead somebody if you feel strength coming on you let Jesus know about it let Jesus know about it if you feel the Holy Ghost act like you feel his presence right now God I feel the Holy Ghost I feel a breakthrough right now I feel like God is breaking forth right now. Come on, somebody. I want to be like Jesus. I want more of what Jesus has to give. Oh, my. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. God bless these folks. Come on, Grace Church. Let's put our faith where our mouth is this morning. Put your faith where your mouth is this morning. Somebody believe the Lord right now. Somebody believe Jesus right now. Oh, Oh my. Hallelujah. of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God wants to do more. God wants to do more here today. God wants to do more here today.